Hello, and welcome back to another episode of International Immersion, a podcast that seeks to capture the combined experiences of people, cultures, places, traveling, current events, living abroad, and much, much more, and everything that comes along with them. For today's episode, I've actually been able to uh, reconnect and catch up with one of my old friends from graduate school, as we had a unique experience of uh, meeting in China while we were doing our master's program in international relations. So, it was a very interesting time, uh, a lot of new experiences, a lot of new things we learned, et cetera. So, Jem, it's great to have you on today. It's hard to believe it's already been about oof, six, seven years since that first started back in 2014. Yes, yes, you're right about that. It's been, it's been a very long time already. I know, it's just, I mean, it seems like a long time, but at the same time, it doesn't because it just seems like, you know, we start, we, we both, we all, all me, you, and our other classmates from all the various countries arrived and we settled in and just went from there. But I just thought it'd be cool to kind of kind of give, you know, our take on this uh, this unique experience that a lot of people don't, you know, don't ever have, yeah. don't take, take advantage of for any, for any no pun in, or <laughs> intended. <laughs> so just to kind of start with, uh, let's maybe give a little background about each of us, you know, so if you want to go ahead and start. All right, sure. Uh, thank you very much for having me, first of all. Uh, okay, so my name is Cem Nalvantoğlu, and I'm from Turkey, as you know. Currently, I'm a PhD student at Wuhan University, uh, which gives me lots of attention, like being a public places <laughs> when you say Wuhan. Uh, and as you know, like that, I graduated from the Middle East Technical University back in Turkey from po- Political Science and Public Administration. And then I did my uh, master's degree in Zhejiang University, where we also met together. In the Department of International Relations, I think. Yeah. Yes. And um, at the moment, I'm back in Ankara in Turkey, and because like the now the China doesn't allow foreign students to go back to China, even on student visa. Like even if you're continuing your studies, so we're all back at home now. Gotcha. Yeah, man. It's uh, yeah, Zhejiang University and. Yeah, that was quite quite a time and experience, and you know the current situation is quite crazy. And you know I'm not be able to go back for any reason. You know, the last, since this has begun, I know you haven't. And you're currently doing a PhD yeah. uh, program uh, from a Chinese university, so that's definitely got to be troublesome. Yeah. But from talking to you, you've certainly been able to kind of you know persevere and continue with your research and everything, which is good to hear. So, but yeah, I just remember. I think it was interesting. To think about, you know, I think around the, the same time we were both finishing up with our undergrad degrees uh, and yeah. figuring out what we wanted to do. Because for me, you know, I'd studied abroad twice as an undergrad, once to China and once mm-hmm. to Italy. And it just kind of sparked more of a curiosity to do more. And then one of my professors is an alumni from Zhejiang University at my old university. So he encouraged me, yeah, go for it. If you want to do a, a, a program overseas, a master's is the best to do. So I'm like, okay. Mm-hmm. So I looked into it, applied and got accepted. <laughs> Easy to so what would you say was your like big motivation to to pursue that program? Um, actually, you know, like the, my major was political science, and I was also an exchange student to University Duisburg and Essen in Germany. And at there, you know, like I was taking my uh, classes from Institute of East Asian uh, Institute of East Asian Studies, mm-hmm. and at that time, you know, I, I had taken classes on interaction Chinese politics. Then, like when I when I was back in Turkey, I told with one of my professors, and like the, I told him that I wanted to study in the uh, like I want to do my masters in East Asian studies. 
in Turkey, but he told me like, well, why, why Turkey? You know, like if you're going to study East Asia, you know, like with China, Japan, or South Korea, are the places that you want to be. And then I applied for Zhejiang University for the internship department. And then that's how the whole story starts. <laughs> I hear, yeah. My, one, of my, my, one of my two minors was East Asian studies from undergrad. So that was a big thing that sparked that. But yeah, I definitely agree that, you know, regardless of how, you know, what any, of any program, I think being there, it, it armed us and gain, gained us a lot of useful information about China and a lot of affairs over there, which I think we're both benefiting from now in our careers. Right, right, right. And I think like one thing is that, you know, that for example, some people that, you know, that they told me like, you could actually study China in Europe or in the United States, it doesn't matter, you know, that it's just like academic study. But I think there's a big difference, you know, like the, of course, like the language is a big plus, but to be able to observe the people, like observe society, be not them just Mandarin. And I think it gives you a really edge, it gives you like a big advantage on like how to understand, how to comprehend the modern China. There's a big difference. Oh, for sure. I, I 100% agree with you. And, you know, beyond just the, the knowledge of the program, you learn so much about the people, the culture, how things are handled, the mentality, the point of view, perspective, and, and thought process, which unless you've been there or immersed yourself, you're not going to know. And in my current position where I travel internationally, and one of those places has been China, at least not recently, of course, because of the pandemic, it's been very useful. And it's, you know, gained me a lot of traction because, oh, it's like, oh, you've studied here, you've been here, it opens a lot of doors. You know, I think that's the case to anywhere you've been, you know, if you've been, if you've studied or lived in a foreign country, if you're going to do a job or something that involves that country, that gives you a, a significant advantage over someone who does not. Definitely. I totally agree with that. And I must say, I think the other thing that was very influential was the, the scholarship that we received. Right. Because <laughs> I remember when we, I think when we both applied, I remember I applied for it and then, okay, I did that. And then I said, oh, there's some scholarships. So I applied for a couple of them too. I'm like, of course, why not? You know? And uh, when I got accepted in the summer of 14, basically I got a full ride. And I was like, oh my God, a full ride scholarship. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I think like the scholarship was definitely big plus, you know, like the, and uh, for people, I don't know, like the, who has been to China prior to, you know, like these studies, it like the China is, of course, like I think it's just very attractive for us because we're interested in it. But at the same time, uh, I think if I don't, if I'm not correct, you've been to China before yes. this, this program, right? Not for this program. When I was in my undergrad university in the U.S., oh, right. I a travel study for about six weeks. So, and it was um, to Hangzhou, where uh, Zhejiang University is. So, and it kind of gave me a little bit of knowledge. But we also went to Shanghai and um, uh, Yellow Mountain and Anhui Province and climbed that mm-hmm. and a few other places. But um, that really was like a that opened the door. Like, oh, this is possible. Oh, I, this is a very hospitable city. Oh, and yeah. We weren't, uh, we weren't working with Zhejiang University, but we stayed close to one of the campuses because our professor, one of our professors mm-hmm. was alumni. So he had some connections. Okay. Yeah, for me, like, the, for example, like, I, didn't, I didn't know anyone who has been to China. And I didn't really know, like, the, of course, like, I watched the videos on YouTube, like, the bike of China, you know, <laughs> a number of documentaries, but it's not the same thing as being there. Oh, I'll say those are some of the best sources of information. People who are over there and just record, hey, this is what I'm doing today. This is what it's like. And that's my go-to anytime I travel. Okay, get get my pen and paper and notes and and watch some people who travel (laughs) to places, their videos. 
<laughs> I think so. But I didn't realize, like, you know, like, if the people are going to be hostile or how safe. But of course, like, the, I don't know, I'm from Turkey, so I think, like, the, whenever you leave Turkey, you, you are going to feel safe. So <laughs> at the moment. And uh, then, you know, like, the, so this scholarship was a big, like, a huge encouragement for you. Yeah. And I definitely think that, you know, regardless of, you know, anytime you have the financial assistance, it allows you to do more. You're not worried about making ends meet, you know, or making sure you have all the things in order to stay and not have to terminate your program because of lack of funds. And I just, I just thought for me, when I, once we got in the program, it was very liberating that I could focus on research. I could focus on doing stuff um, you know, and all the other aspects of being a student in a foreign country without having to worry about a lot of the monetary aspects as much. Yeah, yeah. And I think, like, for example, if it was the United States or Europe, you know, like, the, I would say, like, I could have rented my own flat or so on. But, you know, in China, you're going to really different culture. And there are actually, like, lots of practical problems that you have to deal with. Like, for example, how would you rent a place? And, but, like, this kind of scholarship, you know, it's, it's just like a kind of a, a bundle, you know, and gives you all the utilities that you need there. Don't really deal with any of that. No, exactly. And I think, you know, being from the United States and having gone to school here, you know, it's good quality. Everything is very good from my own experience. It's just that it's expensive. (laughs) (laughs) You know, and especially for international students, I know it can be very expensive, you know, depending on what school you go to. I Mm -hmm. mean, gain a lot. It's just, but it is a it is a burden to get to (laughs) or to have the funds available to do that. You could definitely do it. And there are a lot of ways you can reduce your costs, but that is something you have to think about. And, you know, and I think for both of us, it's like, well, if we're going to study international relations, you know, at that time, China was, was, it, I wouldn't say it's, it's still up and coming, but it was, you know, more up and coming, you know, and there was a lot more, I think, positive aspects. Oh, it's, it was a good place to go mm-hmm. to learn about an upcoming power. And, you know, and in many cases, you know, I'd say our, scholarship and stuff were a great example of soft power <laughs> yeah i think so. and it was very attractive and you know i definitely wouldn't trade the experience for anything because i gained a lot and i, I know so. you did as well yeah I, I you know i've been in china already i think four four or five years mm-hmm. for now and these two years were the best of this one and like the experience in hangzhou and Zhejiang university uh the, the feeling of you know like just being a newcomer to a new city that, that's really exactly right. it was like you know everything is new everything is something interesting oh i never mm-hmm. it was just you know sensory overload <laughs> <laughs> new people new places you know the professors the other students you know, all those things but you know i think you know for me the program i'd say was decent i mean i learned a lot you know i thought we had some good professors um you know, I thought some of the field trips that they provided were really nice or the excursions they took us out to and some of the guest speakers they brought in were rare. Yeah. You know, like I had never seen that at my old university because they had some pretty heavy hitting people within the international relations community come in sure, and sure. session. I think we had people from the EU, Dr. Barry Buzan. And yeah, others. that was interesting. Yeah. So, I mean, kind of, so going into that, like, what did you think of the program overall? I mean, for me, I thought it was, it was uh, decent. It wasn't like great, but it wasn't terrible by any means. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. It wasn't terrible. I mean, it, it was good. I think like, the, for example, my studies in Turkey, uh, my bachelor's degree, because I'm a political science graduate. And uh, I, I would say that my undergrad was more challenging than my master. 
but still, you know, like the, of course, like I also learned a lot about the China, about Chinese foreign policy, um, about like, especially like, I think I learned more about like the uh, Chinese political system, which was, yes. yeah. That's, yeah. Because I remember we had that one class where they kind of went into the, how the system works and yeah, that was very interesting just to kind of get an insight like, oh, this is how the system here functions, you know, regardless okay. of what you think of it, it was very informative. And I think one advantage like that we had over there was like besides classes, you know, like the, um, as students, I think like we had friends from Russia, students from Russia, China, um, also we, we were from Turkey. Um, yeah, because I remember that, yeah, that first year there were about 13 of us, if I remember correctly. Yeah. I mean, there was, you know, I mean, there were people from the U.S., me and, me and one other, uh, mm-hmm. Turkey, Russia, um, England, France. Right, 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 right. Uh, and then Kazakhstan. And there were, and then there was also the public administration program, which was our sister program when this, within mm-hmm. the School of Public Affairs. And they had even more people from other yeah. places. So, and, you know, we had some of the classes we had kind of were, you know, were joint classes, not many, but a few. So we got to know some of their cohort as well. So that was very, yeah, I think, I think there was at least 15 countries represented, I think, between the two programs, if not more. And, and this gives you like the perspective, you know, like when, when you're trying to answer questions or like you have a discussion, group discussions, that really different perspective, really different like the opinions come up that, you know, because uh, I think like the, the people like the, from same countries, they tend to come up with the more or less like the same group of things. But yes, like the thought process is, it's, uh-huh. it may differ, but it tends to have more of a universal focus. Yeah, uh, that's, that's what I really liked about it. Um, if, if I would also have to say that like one point that they could improve was I think like this supervision sp- sp- pro- like the process, like, you know, we all had supervisors for yeah. our like the thesis, but I think like the one supervisor has more or less, I think you, you know who, who I'm talking about. Yes. <laughs> and like the, he had like the, around 20 or 30 students and yeah. plus the PhD students. And this is just too much, you know, like no one can give enough time, allocate enough time for that. For sure. I mean, I, I completely agree with you on that. I think, you know, I, I really enjoyed his classes. He had a very interesting he had mm-hmm. perspectives. It was pretty lively, but I just think that he had too much of a workload. And I think yeah. the program itself was good. I just think they needed to have more uh, peer reviewers and more academic, academic, you know, poor professors advise more students, not just, not just him as far as I think we're aware of. So that was I think, the only pitfall there, but the classes were interesting. You know, our one American professor was really cool. And I like how they had Amer- American, Japanese, Chinese, yeah. and different perspectives. And, but yeah, I definitely agree with you. The lectures and hearing perspectives from people from all these different countries on these different economic, political, you know, social, and other factors that all kind of Cup, you know, wrap up with the international relations on top of the different theories we had to learn. That was very interesting because I never would have gotten that back in the U.S. We would have learned about them, but I never mm-hmm. would have got. Oh, this person from Italy thinks this. Oh, this person from that country thinks that. Oh, I never thought about that. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, I agree. This is a, this was a unique experience. Yeah, and I would definitely say I think everyone should definitely either study abroad or do a short-term program abroad. I think they'll gain so much from it. I mean, of course, there's mm-hmm. practicality and, and feasibility, but I think from our perspective, we definitely recommend someone to do, anyone to do that if they can. Yeah. Yeah, it definitely, those, yeah, those, those two years were a lot of fun. 
and having lived there about the same time you did about four years. Yeah. I just, I gained a lot and I thought the pro yeah, the program was very good. It was very informative. Professors were generally pretty good, but I think for me, outside of everything I learned, the life as a student there was probably my favorite. Sure. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, cause let's think about it. I mean, cause I remember our group, I mean, we were together for but roughly two years and I just remember all the things we did outside of the classroom, either homework together, research, uh, or social activities and travel. That was the, mm-hmm. what I really relished. I think so. I, I agree with you on that. Um, I think like life in China, general as for, for an expat or for, for a foreigner, for a student is easy. <laughs> I would. Yes. I mean, Generally speaking, that is very true. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's, it's fun. Most definitely, it's fun. Uh, of course, there are like sometimes like practical challenges, like you uh, you need to get something repaired, or you know, need to buy like some um, spare parts for your some electronic equipment. Of course, you're gonna have challenges, but like in, in general, like the people are friendly, the food is good, and you know, like the I think whenever whenever you go in China, there's definitely some something you know, like a city attraction, or like there's a museum, there's historical. Uh, place so you never feel bored you know like the, it's always really fun to be there yeah i i just remember so much about the campus we were on the Jingang campus which was yeah. the biggest campus of the university more on the north northeast side of the city okay. i just remember you know the walk i remember you know walking to our classrooms in different parts of the campus the cafeterias you know the, the different they had remember the big cafeteria they had four different cafeterias you know they, yeah. and they had like they had like one for like i think halal food they had mm-hmm. like two more chinese and they had more like the specialty more like you know dinner special mm-hmm. occasions one as well <laughs> and i remember all the different foods i'm like wow i've never tried any, any of this stuff before but yeah i mean that and i would say i think for people like us being open to a lot of the food and all those things really made life easier but i definitely knew people i think we both knew people who whose diet was more restricted or they weren't as open to trying yeah. things and they definitely, definitely suffered especially early on <laughs> <laughs> yeah I, I remember one guy from i think uh, he was from czech Republic, but you know uh, he seemed like you know someone made him come to china you know he was also like the, uh doing his he was also going to start his master but in and i think uh yucheng campus and he acted like he really hated everything. He, he, he wasn't open to any new experience. He didn't want to try anything new. So in the end, he starts like hating everything. So I think, of course, like China is fun because we are open to it. Right? So if you're not going to try anything, if you're not going to, if you're not open for new experiences, most probably you're just not going to like it. In many cases, it defeats the purpose for even going. If you're not willing yeah. to try something new, adapt to new situations, or learn, I mean, it's really not something that's going to be that's going to work for you, and you're going to grow to hate it because it's not going to conform to what you are comfortable with. And if and a lot of people have difficulty leaving their comfort zone, I and mean, we all do. It's just a matter of how much we can do, or how much how much we can get out of it. But you know, my philosophy is: when in Rome, do as the Romans do; when in China, do as the Chinese that's do. It, that's it. Just <laughs> adapt and just okay. 
I, this is my lifestyle back in the U.S., but I can't do that here. Some aspects I can, I can carry on, but I can't do mm-hmm. everything. So I'm just going to do what they do. I'll eat what they eat. I'll do what they do, you know, not unanimously, but, you know, to a acceptable and acceptable extent. Right. Yeah, I, I think this is well said. Uh, of course, I think it's not possible to adopt China 100%, you know, just do everything as they do, but still, like, you Even if you need to accept that there are going to be differences, and you you need to see what you can try, what you can experience, and if there's something that you know doesn't really apply to you, you just need to accept. Okay, that's just something different. Don't try to hide it. Exactly, and you know, I think the other thing that I you definitely kind of realize is that you know you're there, you can learn a lot, but you're not going to be considered like someone from there. You're always going to be considered as someone from the out from the outside, which is fine. You just have yeah. to. understand that and it doesn't mean it's going to restrict you just you have there's you have to realize how people int- interpret you how they you know how you can interpret them etc but at the same time it also opens a lot of doors because you're not from there yeah yeah and i would say you know one thing i really enjoyed was just the amount of friends i made you know i've always had friends in the us but i made so many friends so quickly you know my good yeah. best friend from china i met him in fall of 14 just a couple months in and we're still friends to this day and but i think that was the one thing it was just it was so easy to make friends mm-hmm. i think so maybe you remember like the in, in, around the campus there were like these small barbecue places they were doing like yes like the tables and for example if you're having a beer there like the most definitely chinese is going to come to you and say oh can we be friend you know i just want to drink with you mm-hmm. and you oh, just yeah. like make each other's contact and that's easier to do well i i just remember like you know after class or you know, between classes you know either independent individually or as a group with we would all go over to the one street off campus mm-hmm. they called it dologia or corruption street which i don't <laughs> understand because yeah. i think because they said oh it this one of my friends said oh it's we call it corruption street because you'll get fat and i'm like Well, in English, we wouldn't call it that. <laughs> But I remember all the different foods you could get. And I remember just, there were a number of little shops that I frequented. But I remember that street was a lot of fun. And you get barbecue. And then there were stuff back on campus as well. But that was always mm-hmm. fun. There's a lot of variety of food you could get there. And you got to know the vendors and other people. That was always fun. Okay. And I think like we could go, just go back to about like experience as a foreigner, you know, like the Uh, you said that you know you need to accept that you're always going to be foreign there, and I think like the as you said that, that this has advantage because you know when you're just going to get a job or like when you apply for a job or something, uh, everyone knows that you're a foreigner, so it kind of is an edge to you. But for example, like the, after four years, uh, like living in China, I was like the sick of having conversation on a daily basis that. goes like this oh you're a foreigner yes i am like very from turkey and like do you like china yes do you like chinese food yes have you ever had a chinese girlfriend yes do you like chinese girls yes you know like they're just uh just same thing over over again in the day on a daily basis like the multiple times in the day <laughs> sometimes yes i i yeah i i completely agree with you on that and yeah if, if the first first period of time there it's great oh yeah it's all this new but after you're asked so many times it's kind of like yep i have mm-hmm, yeah okay mm-hmm. it's just it kind of wears on you after a while because it's like yeah i've been here a long time i know all this stuff but they don't know that or because especially if there's someone now those people who get to know you early on yeah they they get it but anytime you meet new people 
or sometimes when I would travel, you know, on breaks and stuff, oh man, it'd be like, well, they, I get asked every question under the, under the moon. Sometimes they will take photos, you know? Oh, exactly. I, I had a few cases where, because I mean, I think, I know at least for me, when I first got there, I had just started learning Chinese. So I had, I had I'm, my Chinese is much better now because after I graduated a year of, of Chinese language at Zhejiang University as well. But I remember <laughs> people would just go randomly take a picture of that asking and I tell them in Chinese, do you want a picture? And they'd be like, oh my God, he speaks. I'm like, please ask. Yeah. You can take a picture, but please ask. And <laughs> things yeah. like that. Uh, that's, that's true. That's, that's a, like sometimes it's interesting, but sometimes it's just overwhelming. Yes, and I think you have to get used to the fact that you at, at many times or at many situations, and you know, mm-hmm. you're going to be the only person who looks like you in the crowd. <laughs> yeah, right. Um, I remember one time, you know, like I was in the train. I think I was going from uh, Chongqing to Wuhan. And like I was with like a friend of mine like, from Korea, and there were like the other foreigners in the same train, but of course like we don't know each other. And like the China, like some Chinese uh, people, they brought them to us because they they thought we were friends because we were both foreigners. <laughs> so, it's like, oh hi, uh, I don't know you, but they brought us brought us together. Okay, <laughs> yeah. Then now we have to sit together. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. All that's yeah. One another great example example of that. But yeah, I'll just say it was much more carefree versus my yeah. life back in the U.S. Now, Definitely. yeah, I like it here. You know, it's great. But I just I've never felt a sense of just like relax. I wouldn't say like relaxation in the sense of everything, but just I get up, go to class, do my thing, get food, go explore, and just mm-hmm. don't have to worry about anything else. It's it was just a great time where you could just be yourself and just be and learn and just absorb as much as you could. And I found as we acquired more friends, because there were some Chinese in our program too, we got to know, and then we met some of their friends. And of course, on our mm-hmm. own, we met our own friends. So that opened more doors. And I just remember <laughs> all the, the cafes on campus, the one cafe close to our dormitory, it was always full of the foreign students and some Chinese. Yeah. That's where I met a few of my other friends. But I did. But I will say the one group that was always fun, and I don't want to go too much into this, but the Koreans were interesting. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I understand. <laughs> yeah, I just it was interesting because I'd say of all the groups, they were the ones they always stuck together. You know, they, they always were just together, and that was the one group I really wasn't able to get into. This is this is so true. I I've seen the same thing in in different universities in China, you know, in Chongqing and in Wuhan. It was all saying like the Koreans always stick together. Which is, I mean, I think it's great, but if you're in a foreign country and you're learning, you know, that's just me speaking, just branch out because, you know, the other Europeans I met, the Chinese people, no issue. You just mingle, mm-hmm. learn a lot. And I would say that's the one thing about the campus environment I love the most was just the widespread willingness to get to know people. Oh, you're from mm-hmm. the U.S., you're from Russia, you're from Turkey. It doesn't matter. Let's just chat and learn. Definitely. That's what I said. Yeah. I think that's the, like the, this what you need to take from that experience if you're going abroad, if you're just going to new place, you know, just need to be open for it. Exactly. And I think, and I also find that when you're outside your country, I find you're more willing to do things you wouldn't necessarily do in your home country. I'm not saying anything bad. Right. I mean, you're more willing to 
to engage with different kinds of people, to try new things. It's just because, mm-hmm. okay, I'm outside my country, you know, it's a different environment. I need, I'm, I feel more fluid. In, yeah. And, and also I will say is, you know, not to go down a whole another rabbit hole, but dating was very easy over there. <laughs> <laughs> okay. It's just, yeah. This, I think this like more or less everyone knows. If you've been to China, it's just like something you're going to explore, like realize after something. Exactly. Even, yeah. And even if you're not looking for it, I mean, just, I, I find that on campus, there's just a lot of mutual curiosity because, you know, majority of the campus mm-hmm. is, is all, you know, local Chinese or, you know, mainland Chinese students. But I think Zhejiang has several thousand international students. And I think it's growing, yeah. it, grow, it, it was growing up until the pandemic. So you have a, a wide more opportunities to, to mix and mingle with different people. And I think from the Chinese, the Chinese, and I'm not trying to speak for them, but I think it was kind of, you know, like a, it was a big sense of curiosity seeing a lot of them have not seen a lot of foreigners before. Oh, and I'm in a place where there's more foreigners than normal. So and that's, I think that, and like going back to friendships, that's how those things developed. And the same thing with potentially romantic relationships. Yeah. But, you know, like it was also, I think, puzzling at the same time sometimes. Because I remember, like, the, like when I was going out to the date with some uh, Chinese girls, they they would ask me openly, "Are we going to get married?" You know, like, and yes. Like, what now? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's the other thing is you like, you get a sense of the dating style or approach there. And, yeah, know, I, I, yeah. I had a couple of doozies as well, but it's very different from more of the Western, or at least a more American perspective of dating that I can speak to. From. Yeah. There are a few where I'm just like. I'm sorry. Now what? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and and it's like you know, like you, you feel bad because like if you say no, no, we're not going to get married. I'm just like <laughs> having fun. It, it it doesn't sound decent, but also it you know, <laughs> like I mean, who could say that? Yeah, we're going to get married in the first day. Yeah, I mean, it's not impossible, but very unlikely. And yeah, and I think I had to get to a point where I had to be very upfront. <laughs> <laughs> when I would go out on a date or something, just because you know I don't want to hurt them, I don't want them to hurt me, etc. And you know, I would say I'm generally pretty open-minded about things, but I would just try to be upfront and say, okay, you know, just when you know, if we if the conversation would go a certain to certain areas, I would say, well, where I'm from, this is normal for you. So mm-hmm. I think it's it can be a little awkward, but it's very important because yeah, that way you don't set up expectations that are never going to be reached by either party I think so. and you know like the they, they they ask you so you only want to play and like it's like yeah you get a lot of weird you get a lot of weird questions i mean not always but you, some and i've yeah one date that i about i mean i i Never in my life would I expect what this woman told me. And I was just like, I was like, say what? I mean, <laughs> yeah, it's just one of those. Let's just say uh, I won't go into too much details because it's not dirty or disgusting by any means. But it's just like you would never believe this. I met yeah. this, woman, this one date with an older older woman. Because we were in our early mid-20s at the time. And I mm-hmm. remember this date with a girl. She's probably late 20s. We're talk, talking that it was a good date and everything. And then. And then I don't, I was just like completely blindsided by this. She's like, yeah, I'm hoping to have a mixed race kid sometime soon. I'm like, um, okay. <laughs> no, not saying that will happen to you, but that was definitely uh, <laughs> um, something. 
Yeah, you know, like the matchmaking is a thing in China. I, I think it's very yes. common. Because, uh, you know, like the, when, when we were in, in China, like almost all the foreigners, they, they can teach English. You know, some, okay, some like, the, you know, they, they're, they're real English teachers, but they're also like, you know, even I was teaching English in China, like part-time and full-time. And well, in one of the schools that I was working, there was this lady um, who was cleaning classes, like after like everyone was gone. And she asked me, like, she showed me a photo and she was asking like this, how, what do you think about this girl? I was like, okay, that did, you know, she's nice, yeah, yeah. And like, then she she told me like, she's my my daughter. And like, okay, yeah, yep. yeah, she's pretty, whatever. And she was like, so would you like to marry with her? And I was like, <laughs> talk about escalation! Wow. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That, yeah, and that, and that yeah, there were definitely many circumstances that you wouldn't expect but also like you were saying yeah as a foreigner there it, it was so easy to like you know you know there's so many opportunities that you know like people want to learn english all types of things and travel you know and there were even some uh a couple of things i went where they like paid us to go to some places but, and that was interesting i was like oh okay <laughs> yeah i remember like some in, in some of our tours they said the foreigners are not allowed like no <laughs> yeah yeah there's yeah a lot, yeah going back to kind of being the outsider there it's like a lot of opportunity but also you saw where the restrictions were we're like oh, okay and you know you kind of had to learn to navigate between the two so <laughs> definitely definitely a very clear just, uh, yeah. carefree easy life but you still need to be careful exactly you have to be it's like you never have to like i never felt physically at risk there crime mm-hmm. all those issues nothing but i definitely felt more you know just i wouldn't say as much as i'd say in the u.s and say that you know of so just for obvious reasons different government and everything else without going into that so there's just that element you have to be aware of so very carefree but at the same time you have to be a little more mindful socially what you do and say exactly whereas exactly. In the u.s you have to do that too but <laughs> it's not as big of a deal <laughs> mm-hmm. I think, especially if you're in public, like, um, you need to be careful of what you said, how you behave, how you treat people. You know, it, it's going to affect your, not even your study, maybe even your visa. Yeah. That's serious. Exactly. So, and, you know, and also you have to know that if there's a situation you're in as a foreigner, you're going to be more on the losing end of it over a local person. So avoid confrontation, avoid any potential situations, don't do anything illegal. <laughs> mm-hmm, right. <laughs> you heard of, there are a few stories about people getting in trouble for a certain thing. And you're like, oh boy. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, don't do that. Hey, you know, that's not a good idea. <laughs> but uh, yeah, just some more of the nuances to living in a foreign country. And, you know, but over time you adapt to it. And some people, unfortunately, don't take that and they definitely suffer from that. But me and you, we certainly, <laughs> I think we're stayed on the yeah. right path. <laughs> I mean, I love China. You know? <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I mean, I love Hangzhou. It's a great city. I love the university. I mean, the mm-hmm. life there was great. I mean, I'd love to go back and you know, hope when this pandemic is over, we, you know, we can go back to do more there, but you know, it's definitely like, you know, it's one of those places that it has a special place in my heart. <laughs> yeah. 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 I mean, it, it has its advantages and it has its own challenges. Yes, as with any place. Yeah. But yeah. I would just say it for me, I think for me and, and definitely for you as well, it just, 
it was a great opportunity at that point of our lives to expand, grow, and learn, you know, mm-hmm. both intellectually, socially, mentally, and also, you know, you learn a lot about life skills, traveling, navigating, yeah. and then right. learning a different language. You know, we, you know, subsequently after when I've gone back, when I went back in 2019 for work, you know, my language skills were very useful. My Chinese is still terrible, right. but it was definitely <laughs> very, very useful. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yeah, that's well put, I think. What's that? That's well put. (laughs) (laughs) And that kind of leads into the last point of discussion for today. And I think that's the aftermath and takeaways, which we've kind of kind of gone into. But I mean, I would say for me, there's definitely a lot of takeaways that I've come Mm -hmm. away with. I think I'm definitely not the same person as I was before. Not like maybe not in terms of like my ethics or my standards, but just in my outlook and perception of things. Yeah, um, I think like the, I would say like the, from my side, like the, before you go to place, like before you go to China, even if you had studied China, like, you know, like there's like an image of China that you have in your mind. But when you're, when you're there, you know, like you just start to understand people, even from different society, different culture, different back, ethnic background, whatever. You start to understand that they have the same kind of worries that, like that everyone has, you know, like the family, friends, schools, career, whatever. And also you need to understand like how people are trying for that. And like, so it's kind of, I think, uh, really makes you feel like the, like kind of starts with like sense of longing maybe, or like sense of understanding there. And I think it expands your horizon, like about like the, uh, because like the normally I think that people like, is a kind of an instinct tend to marginalize, alienate all the countries or, or the cultures, you know, what's different from them. But when you are there, you start to understand there's so many in common. No, very well said. And I think because you, it's the unknown. People are yeah. afraid of the unknown. They don't understand the unknown. But in our case, since we've actually, we can now put a face, a name, mm-hmm. you know, a thought, all these things to it. And that's, and I'd say that for me, that's been the biggest thing is I've come back. I'm still American but I view myself as more of an international citizen now, someone who has more of an international perspective. And I, and this has come to, this definitely demonstrated itself in many conversations when I get with or get, you know, into people here about, you know, whether it's politics or other things, they may say something like, yeah, that's true. That's how we think of it, but that's not how they think of it. I'm like, like, how do you know? Like, well, I've talked to them. They're like, Oh, so it's, it gives you a different sense. And I would say another thing is that, if you live in another place, you can take a lot of the elements that work well and apply that mm-hmm. to yourself when you come back. So I kind of call it like an eclectic mindset. Take the best of anything. I don't care where it's from. If it works and it's good, it benefits me and others. I'm going to, you know, implement it or apply it to myself. Yeah, I think so. That's, that's very good really, point. It's hard to do that unless you leave your comfort zone, leave your country. I mean, U.S. is mm-hmm. Turkey's big. There's a lot of variation, but it's still not the same as living in a different place or a different country with a different culture, language, customs, culture, etc. I told Bakery. <laughs> but yeah. And also I would say, you know, I think you can mirror this is that career-wise, and I think on a professional level, it definitely adds a lot of um, perspective of perspective and it sets you apart. Mm-hmm. This is yeah, this is very important because. Uh, you know, like learning Chinese, like living in China, I think even if you're new experiences, it might not be for everyone. And like, no matter like how 
maybe we we, we make sound easier, but actually like it has its challenge and like you know like about people they see that you know you live in China you've done your studies in China and like they like they know that there's something different in you and they know that like what kind of like the experience and perspective you might have and it has helped me a lot in my careers. Exactly, and I'd say one of the most common questions that I've got when they learn people learn that like. Oh, you lived in China for how did you do that? Adapt, yeah. take it day by day, plan. <laughs> <laughs> just very simple. I'm like, nothing out of the box or nothing crazy. Just use your own abilities and apply them to the situation and yeah. you're in. <laughs> and I think it also gives us a like it boosts our self-confidence, you know, living. Oh my exactly, because oh, I'm able to travel, I'm able to do this, oh, I'm able to converse in four language, oh, I'm able to accomplish all these things yeah it definitely boosts self-confidence right yeah because i think i think a lot of people when they hear that they're interested but i think the fear element within them is like oh how could you do that and i think that's what holds a lot of people back is fear you know they yeah. they're afraid to make a mistake which hey we're all afraid to make a mistake but you only have one life you only live once you know take make full <laughs> advantage of it and even if you fail you learn a lot from it a lot of the richest right. people in the world have failed many times before they succeeded. True, true. And, you know, like the, the your experience in China is not really, uh, how to say it, like a straightforward. There are like new things. There are many things that you face every day. You see, you observe, and it's just like it helps you like adopt to different situations, like to come up with different solutions for different uh, problems. Oh, for sure. And I would say the one skill that it really helped me build upon was patience. <laughs> patience and learning to understand the situation for what it is. Because, you know, let's face it, a lot of people in this day and age, especially people in the U.S. or a lot of people I know, they're, they're very impatient. They want things done, you know, quick. When I get it, you know, it's annoying. I want things done. But it would always take me at least twice as long to get something done in China versus here, especially if it involved going to the bank, going to the post office, going to buy something, going to get my get our visa renewed for, for our next academic year or, or I mean, our residence permit or mm-hmm. getting whatever. You had to have more time. One, because in the U.S., I have a car, you just drive in China. You, you could do that, but I don't recommend it <laughs> because of traffic <laughs> and other things. So patience was one big thing that is taken that it's given me yeah and bureaucracy works different so like the, the for example for me like in, in china i had this kind of like motto when i was doing something i was just telling myself if there, there are no problems that i'm facing like when i'm going to do something that means i'm doing something wrong you know so if you have <laughs> if there are problems on the way like if I have speed bumps just make sure that you're doing something right because and that's how it works in china i think Exactly. And, you know, learn to expect the unexpected or, you know, yeah. that was a big one too. <laughs> but uh, the other thing that, that it really made me, uh, it helped me manage myself better, like in terms of finances, in terms of, you know, mm-hmm. belongings and things like that. It just, cause you have to, cause you know, you're in this foreign country, you, you know, you're not going to be here forever. So you have to be stay, stay mobile and you have to be on, you know, on, you know, on your toes. You have to, you know, so it really helped me kind of just develop competencies in many things. I think you, you've definitely used as well, which have served me well, and I'm sure serving you well as well. 
yeah. Arnaldi all the as wells. But yeah, but no, I just think that uh, it definitely is a life changing experience and something that really can benefit, you know, as we've gone into, you know, great depth upon. And I just wish that more people would be able to do it. And I think the other really nice thing is that is maintaining the friendships, like, you know, what we're doing Mm -hmm. here or the other friends we have, you know, it's not always easy to stay in touch and some people have fallen off the radar, but others, you know, I think you really have a connection with, it's much easier to maintain those relationships and that's beneficial for, Oh, I want to travel. Hey, I want to call my friend up in, in Chongqing or call my friend up in wherever country or city. They may be able to help you or, and then vice versa, really your country. Hey, how's it going? Are you in the U.S.? Great. You know, or at the same time, for a, from a professional standpoint, you have connections. And that is That's one thing point. I really learned about China. Connections and relations are so, so, so important. And I definitely, it's helped me a lot with whenever I work with Chinese, you kind of have an understanding of their sense of business or how they approach, you know, a professional situation i think so and this this like this relationship this guanxi in china i think it's the key to getting a better position it's the key to getting things done you know it's a key for everything and if you learn how to manage relationships how to manage your network in china actually like it kind of gives you a sense of how to manage your connections with other people mm-hmm. you like you know like the i was like uh, i was when you get like of course when you talk with someone and like with, you, with your friend time to time you're going to get angry time to time you know like there'll be like some disagreement and but you learn to manage these uh discussions these arguments in a way that it's not going to affect the the uh, how to say it, like the balance in your relationship like the balance in your relations so in the future because in china you know that uh, the one guy he might not be something at this moment, but it doesn't mean that it's not going to come somewhere. And in the future, he might be your boss. He, you, you might need to ask him a favor. And so you need to maintain a very stable, uh, very, how to say it, um, calm, maybe, you know, like the relationship. Between- Keeping your composure was a very important element that I've learned. You know, yeah, don't be emotional, word. don't be too eccentric. I mean, those, those elements are there, but mm-hmm. that's one thing you definitely learned that you're kind of going upon. Exactly. Yeah, and face. <laughs> face, yeah, face, I think face that's, applies to every place, but China is just unique in that aspect. I would say, I mean, or at least I haven't been to other places as much, but definitely it's, it has a very unique characteristic when invo- involving China. And you, and if you and it's difficult because especially if you're not from a place where that's important or as important, you have to learn how to deal with that, and it can be very frustrating. But if you can learn how to use it, or at least just um, understand it it'll really make your life easier i think so like yeah, i i understand the face as kind of a persona you know like the deep inside you can have like a lot of like the, this storm of emotions you can resent something very strong but you know, just like the, with this person you are able to you know like you just uh, fend off yourself you just you don't show any emotions so you know like no matter what happens you're always calm you're always controlling and it was always looks like you're in control over there. So this, so it's it's a very bad thing to lose face, you know, just disgrace. So uh, I think that's also one of the useful, uh, I'll say, like experience or notions in China. Oh, for sure. China. And I would just say the cultural and social familiarization was, I think, probably has been 
not maybe not the most important, but one of the one of the top aspects that I really learned and I appreciate. Yes, yes, like that. Um, also, I think one, one thing is that, uh, for example, if when, whenever you start to learn a different culture, you also start to understand your own culture or your own country in a better. Because now, like, the trying to say, why do they do it this in a certain way? And why is it that we do it in this way? You know, then you, you can compare and you can ask the questions, which is more important than the answers. Very true. You know, it, it makes you reflect upon yourself just as much as that. Like, oh, and, it, and I think it goes to show there's more than one, one way to do almost anything. Yeah. There's no right way. It's just there's different ways. Exactly. I think so. that's, that's, that's very important. Uh, because if you think that only one right, you're probably going to have lots of problems. <laughs> oh, uh, yeah, for sure. And I would say yeah. some of my my most my fondest memories or times where I really kind of got immersed in learning about that was over food. Mm, really? Yeah. I mean, well, think about it. think about some of the dinners we went to, you know, as as classmates, and I just find that food is a universal thing that you can. Oh, all, okay. All yeah, in the sense. I would say going out and doing that, it, it wasn't always great by any means, but there were, I had some really fond memories of really getting to know and learning a lot over food because, hey, we're all food here. And by you being open to trying a lot of their dishes, that makes them, oh, wow, he's trying this. That's great. And yeah. I mean, it encourages them to be curious and because you're showing curiosity about them. I think so. I think, as, as you said, like in the universal, um, in the universal frame, like the food has, like it, it, it bonds people, it, it just helps you connect to other people. Uh, but in China, I think the food, the cuisine, like the food might even have a like more important place because yes, when you meet with people, they ask you, can you eat spice food? Or have you ever tried this? What's your favorite Chinese dish? Blah, blah, yeah. Um, yeah, food always manifests itself more in conversations than it does, mm -hmm. at least here in the US. I mean, it does here, but it just, food seemed to even have more precedence. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Oh, can you um, eat spicy? Oh, have you tried this? Oh, have you eaten this? Yeah, you know, all this <laughs> stuff. <laughs> I think so. And but also like here, there's some small differences between Chinese people and foreigners because like the my favorite Chinese, uh, for example, food, Wandomian, which is like I think tea in peanut uh, uh, noodles, which is like a very, very cheap, very common dish which is like i think one dollar or something but I, I love it you know and they cannot understand they said like no you shouldn't like it you should like it because it's more expensive so. exactly i mean like there were many dishes that i i miss so much like you know bun me and the peanut butter noodle mm -hmm. that was great or rice noodle or you know just some of those basic things you can get any shop for five six you know whatever yeah party. yeah they were just i mean those were you know, I, I love that and be like it's just a staple you know it's cheap and it's good and but also just every place you go or people you meet, you know, all the different food. I mean, like, I mean, I never thought I'd be able to eat chicken feet and stuff, but I. <laughs> oh, you, you, you already eat them. Yeah. So, yeah, once I did that, they're, oh, my gosh, you're doing that. So once you get past that psychological barriers, OK, it's not bad. I mean, but I find some people can do that more easily than others. And, you know, okay. sometimes you just kind of have to take the sense. OK, I put this out, taking this off for a little bit. I'm going to just go a little more local and then do that and then reflect what have I learned and what have I, what comfort zone have I broken it to, or whatever. <laughs> right. I think I had eaten fox, fox meat. 
but wow. I, I should say, I mean, like, the, it's, it's not about like if it tastes good or bad, but it's just that, um, how is it like the person, like psychologically, mentally, it was very challenging. Yes, like, and I think I, that's the case. It's that psychological aspect that's always the worst. Yeah. I mean, it, feel, it, it felt like, you know, like I was trying to put it in your mouth, like in small, just like a chunk of meat, but you feel like, you know, you're forcing yourself to do something that you wouldn't normally do in under no conditions. Exactly. One time I went to a place and I had deer sinew. It was this like long <laughs> orange gelatinous like thing that was really chewy. I mean, it wasn't bad. I mean, I liked it, but it was just, I've never seen anything like this. And, you know, okay, well, I'm here. I want to eat it. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I think we can all we can go on down even a deeper hole on all the different wacky foods we try. But I find that was always something that was the big challenge, or you know. And I find right. the more you could eat, the more it opened up people to reciprocate in terms of curiosity, wanting to learn about you, wanting to do things with you. Because I think anytime you show interest or are willing to try things in a foreign place, there you know that opens doors. And when you don't do that, they're like, "Ah, he's not even willing to do it. Why bother?" Or, yeah, yeah. That's, that's, yeah that's, that's true that's true yeah no jim but i will say you know it's so much we could talk forever about this but i think you know we've really covered a lot of the base you know the basis is like you know why we studied the program our life is students there and all these takeaways that we've come with and you know it's just it's really nice to recollect on this because i will definitely say you know it was one of my one of the best definitely. best times of my life thus far <laughs> yeah mine too i think so but yeah so i mean um any uh any last thoughts or, you know, perspective maybe before we uh, sign off for, for the day? Uh, first of all, again, like to thank you very much for this opportunity. I really had fun. And yeah, as you said, there are many aspects of China that we haven't covered here. And if we, if, I think even if we wanted, we wouldn't be able to because China is like, a, you know, if you, you need to China, you need to understand China from different perspectives, like to even relate to history, there it's, political system it's uh philosophy and everything exactly no and i think you know this has been just a very general discussion about our experiences you know mm-hmm. each of these aspects we could go into a even longer discussion about and break down even more examples experiences and situations but in a nutshell i think we've kind of covered what it was like you know from start to finish our time there what we learned gained and you know friendships which we we are enjoying now <laughs> <laughs> yeah well, Jim, again, I really appreciate the time today. I'm glad you're doing well. And, you know, Thank you very much, John. Finishing up your PhD program. That's exciting. So we could, uh, so I'll have, you'll have to let me know when you're a newly minted doctor. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. And, uh, but yeah, we, definitely can, uh, we can definitely uh, pursue further discussions, which I think will be more interesting. And, you know, yeah, we can also talk about mm-hmm. Turkey, other places. So it's great to have you on. It's, you know, always a pleasure to talk Thank with you. you. And, you know, just, you know, any ideas and thoughts you have, we'd love to talk about them. So again, Jim, thanks for the time and the insight. This has been another episode of International Immersion. We'll see you on the next one. Feel free to check out our Facebook page of the same name, Instagram page of the same name. And if you have any questions or thoughts or would like to talk with us about a different topic with the international element, just shoot us an email at internationalimmersionpodcast at gmail.com. Thank you all. Stay safe. Let's hope the pandemic ends soon. We'll see you on the next one.